And I think that is the sage advice when you're making any kind of change. Just just pick one thing, start there, and go from there, you know. Mm -hmm. And instead of thinking you got to go back and fix everything you think is wrong, it's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff will sort out along the way. just listening to Janelle Keith, the author of a new book called Grace for Your Waste. And Janelle has written a very, I would describe as a vulnerable journey deep into her soul's closet. She shares how negative labels she wore for most of her life led her to food addiction. And in that process, she not only shares her journey, but she comes alongside of you and helps you heal as well. I found some amazing gold nuggets as I read her book. She shares her intimate relationship with her faith and God. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to be very honest here. I do get comments where people go, I just don't understand a belief in God. I don't understand. I thought this was a science podcast. But I will tell you, someday maybe I'll share my personal experiences um, when I feel a little more comfortable, but God has played a very important role uh, in my life um, for those who don't understand or have respect for those who do have a faith in a higher being. Um, I ask that you suspend judgment and that you create patience and understanding, and you may find some gold nuggets as well, but don't just turn a deaf's ear because These are important lessons and wisdom that I think many of us can learn and should learn. I hope that you take a moment to listen to how someone who is extremely sweet um, shares how she felt compelled to share her journey so that others would not need to suffer longer than necessary. By the way, Janelle lost over 100 pounds eating a whole food plant-based diet. And again, this is something close to my heart in how faith can provide healing. And you will hear probably more podcasts in that similar line of frame of thinking. Of course, there'll be many others. But I do ask for patience and acceptance and tolerance for those who are different, who maybe, you know, if you don't have a, a belief, but understand it's a very important part for others. And um, we'll go from there. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and the delightful Janelle Keith just as much as I did. Thank you for listening. By the way, there's a link below if you'd like to buy your book. And I'll take you to the Amazon. And if you read it and like it, please leave a positive review. Should really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Dr. Lori Marvis podcast, and I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and today I'm so honored to have Janelle Keith. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. So Janelle has written an amazing book um, that's called Grace for Your Waste, if everyone can see that, and it is a faith-based book, but it's more than just a diet book. It's not a book to say, 
how to lose weight, but it's a healing process. So we talked about this earlier about healing for the soul. And I think it's a really important story that you share your personal experience and how that has evolved into allowing you to keep over a hundred pound weight loss. And so Janelle, thank you so much for willing to sharing your story, one in the book, but with our audience today. So can you give us a little bit about your history, your background and what, how this evolved into the book? Well, thank you, Dr. Lori, for having me on. It's such an honor to join you today. I mean, I'm just super pleased to have the chance to share hope. And really, that's what the book encompasses, is hope. You know, I grew up with a weight problem. I, I always say that it started out in the book, it kind of started at age five, you know, with a silly little Cheeto incident. But from that, I took the, the need to be approved to food. And um, I didn't know any better. You know, they say you don't know what you don't know. But over time, you become educated on what is good choices and what are poor choices. But we tend to gravitate to those things that comfort you in so many ways. And um, I was the third of three, uh, the youngest, and always felt like, you know, again, feelings um, will lead you astray and so because I was the youngest I felt like I was the weakest and insignificant not valuable in my father's eyes my earthly father that is and so always looked to him for approval and um, didn't receive it and he was always seemed like he was favoring my older brother and my older sister and I was left for the scraps at the table so to speak and because he was a work-based person it, it was the way I viewed God and um, so when I came to Christ it wasn't it was a long time after in my faith walk that I learned that grace cannot be earned and it's a free gift and so it it's a process in which the Lord has turned around my entire life through a place that I never thought I needed healing. You know, we all grow up within our families. We, we can't choose our families, but we can choose our friends. And so um, I thought that I was making good choices, making good choices and doing right, doing good, doing this, doing that, and doing, 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 instead of being who God created me to be. And therefore, you know, it gets complicated <laughs> when you do a shall we say, older in life, and you do a moral inventory of why am I still struggling with these things? I know that it causes me problems, but yet I still surrender to those problems over the help in getting over the thing that is making you stumble. And for years, I wrestled with food and what to do with it. And I just finally succumbed to the fact that it was a comfort to me. It never talked back. It never got angry. It convinced me that it was good for me. You know, all of those lies, so to speak. And spiritually, now you can see the truth of that, how we swallow these lies that, that you know, that the world has to offer. And that we can, you know, be all that. Or we can be, you know, good people and this, this kinds of things. And so it was really, when I came to... This I had set myself up to succeed in several ways, but not fully, completely spiritually in that I was 
ready to receive the grace that the Lord always had for me and the love and the approval from my Heavenly Father. So all that to say, it took 12 chapters <laughs> to kind of dig myself out of that corner of looking to food for approval, not finding it, but reconnecting my true identity with Christ, which is who God created me to be. And that is a process that doesn't happen overnight. So I grew up, you know, overweight with an, a poverty mentality, like I'm never going to be this, never going to be that. And um, it is not until you come clean before God and get totally vulnerable will he change you from the inside out. And it truly was a soul cleansing, this uh, soul healing. And, and even though I've overcome a lot, I'm still becoming who he wants me to be. And, you know, of course, we're not perfected until we meet, greet him face to face. That's the eternal goal. And yes, we all know that. But we can realize grace. We can realize peace of mind, we can realize the joy now and understand those qualities that they, yes, we can have them now and we can have them in their full completion later too. So it is really an integration, you know, of, of my faith with a human struggle. And um, I, I, I emphasize the closet because Truly, we love to hide. I had to overcome my way of thinking about weight loss overall. I mean, I was, uh, I, I write about this in the book that I grew up and went to college and you just learn the ways of people, you know, your friends, you're influenced heavily by the way, college life. And, and uh, so then when you get out and you have your family, you meet your husband, you know, you just think, well, he loves me because he has to, you know, and my dear husband is the most tolerant man I know, but he has also loved me like Christ loved me. He loved me when I was fat. You know, I say that and because that's a whole love. That's a, an expecting love. That's a grace-filled love. And so, but I, it took me time to receive that because I couldn't love myself. And so I always held that against myself like, well, he just has to love me because he's my husband. Therefore, my kids have to love me because I'm their mom. You know, it was an earned thing again. And I truly never understood until um, I let God come into that very, very private hurt, you know, of not feeling that approval from my dad. And he was still alive. And um, so through the process of living and mothering and nurturing, um, I just put everybody else first, mm -hmm. you know, and so when it came to weight loss, I was the last to be considered as far as having healthy choices in the refrigerator or uh, planning meals. It was just like, well, what's good for my family? But I never put myself in that part of, well, this isn't bad, but it's, it's okay because I've been living this way. You know, you just grow your family. Mm -hmm. You don't really understand how you're growing them until you reap the benefits or the repercussions. <laughs> and so um, anyway, it was like I'd set myself up for, for success in some areas, but not completely in, in my food choices. And it wasn't until, and this is a crazy, crazy thing that happened. 
Um, I'm an ex-radio DJ on a Christian radio station, and uh, a lot of my audience grew with me in my challenge to lose weight, you know, and keep it off. But I found a lot of commonality in the wrestling with food and oh yeah i have that struggle too and and so you kind of get stuck there in finding your community of yeah i wish i could change that about me but not doing anything about yourself you know it was um a crazy on-air contest we had um we were captains of teams he was the morning show host i was the co-host and we were going to opposite sides and we were going to lead a team of our listeners in a, a weight loss challenge. And the year was 2017. And I said, everything in me loved me and hated him at that time because I, I love the idea of trying again. Yet I hated to put myself in that seat where I might disappoint someone and set myself up for failure because I had already given up on myself. So this was years and years and years of failed attempts to, you know, lose weight and keep it off. And I just said, okay, I'll do your silly little contest. And we lost. Our team lost because he had a ringer. He had somebody on his team that lost 30 pounds in a month. But, you know, it was one of those real go-getters. And all that beside the point, I really won in the fact that I simply gave up one thing that that I felt like was getting in the way and that was diet coke and I gave it up and I just said okay god well I'm going to give this up you show me what you want me to know and at the end of that time I'd lost 15 pounds only because I gave up I made one change Mm -hmm. and that really spoke to me in the fact that it really doesn't have to be that complicated and I overcomplicate by um, thinking I got to make all these New Year's resolutions, all these changes now, 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 and expecting immediate results when that's not where true change comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes from the hard work of the in-between, from pound to pound, from year to year, from step to step, and making changes over time. Mm-hmm. Because that's where true perseverance is built, is over time. And so I know I'm just talking endlessly about it, but it's just. No, I just had a question because, you know, some, some people may be confused. If you can explain what do you mean by God's grace? Okay. So what does that mean or what does that entail? There's a real, a personal relationship, right? That we yes. have as Christians with um, what we do consider our heavenly father or that we're connected. And when we accept his, agape love right love yes. that's undeserved right that kind of leads like can you explain how that manifested in your life like what does that mean like it's not something i can touch or see how, right. how would you describe it that actually happened to create this amazing transformation where you were able to lose over a hundred pounds yeah um that's a good question i i kind of entered weight loss through this crazy contest and i'd lost the 15 pounds but I I thank you for bringing that up because I didn't receive the grace to endure or persevere until probably six weeks after that success. Hmm. I was in church one Sunday and I was on the third row. I'll never forget the feeling of when grace entered in. 
and the, the pastor was telling us to fast from something, make one change, he says. And um, he was naming off all these things that get in the way of your relationship with the Lord and where, um, you know, he's not center. And so he said Facebook or social media or whatever, or TV or movie choices or these kinds of things, outside influences. And so I sat there and, you know, it's like it was just an hour ago, the feeling of knowing where I needed to change, but I was afraid to change. Mm. And I said, well, surely you don't want me to give up food, God, because I've already given up so much mm. in my mind. I was sacrificing quite a bit. And, and so I thought, well, I've already given up Diet Coke. That was like the one thing, you know, that really supposedly wasn't hurting anything, but yet it was. And so as soon as that question entered my mind, I knew that it was food, had taken center stage again, and that the Lord wasn't. You see... We love the Lord to be the Lord of our lives, but we truly don't understand how he wants to be our Lord and we, center and keep him in a Yeah, we keep him in a box, right? We keep him so, in a box, right. right. So people think of, think of most as a genie, you know, I pray for this whenever I'm needing something, but they don't understand as he can... Yeah. lead you down the path, right? Yeah. By giving this grace, by making it so abundantly clear, right? So he set you there and that, uh -huh. could you talk about that in your book? Yes. The third row in, third yeah. row is Thursday back and uh -huh. it was a revelation and you felt yeah. compelled. So that's been my experience too. When God leads me to a decision, even though sometimes it's hard to do the right thing, right? Yes. That is when I know, and I'm comfortable and at peace with it, knowing that I'll have a better outcome. And I'm knowing intuitively this is where I need to be. So that's exciting. So what did you do when you left church that day? Well, I left church that day just totally wrecked and in tears. And I thought, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was just like, I was an emotional wreck. And I thought, he wants me to give up food. That's fasting for three days. And I just took that advice and said, okay, I'm going to go without food, a total liquid fast. And it was just all water. And I thought, I don't even know if I'm, I'm going to survive the first day because food was so big in my life. You know, I'd like to control it too, you know? And uh, so I just simply just said, okay, Lord, have your way. And by the end of the third day, I didn't care about food, but I saw that, food was too powerful in my life. And I saw that the Lord's grace was not, I had not given it enough room in mm -hmm. my closet. And so it really launched out of that place of just being total, totally humbled and said, I can't do this without you, God. I have to have something I can cling to. And so then it was, um, I, uh, I didn't take all of that in like I should have. And so I tried to do this way or that way. But it wasn't until, interestingly enough, I found Dr. Joel Furman's Eat to Live book. And my friend, uh, Tina, who recommended uh, this she Introduced book. us. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
she said, you really need to try this because she was one of my encouragers and mentors in, in the whole plant-based um, idea. She said, you really need to try this. And so I got the book and I read the book and I said, okay, I can do anything for six weeks, anything for six weeks. And so I just adopted his ways and six weeks was up. I'd lost another 30 pounds. And I know, amazing. And then it was it was just like it just went from there. So it was a step to step to step to step. And at the end of the challenge that the Lord, I thought, I think that the Lord gave me, it was always matched by his goodness. And so he, you know, you're right. He leads you down the path. He oft, we often want to know that whole, every step of the way, what's it going to cost me? Because we want to know the cost before we get there, you know. Good point. And so weight loss can't be like that because there's so much you have to let go of, but there's so much to gain on the other side of that. And we're so blind to the fact that all this food we think is good for us, and it may be in some respects, but it's it's like when you get down to the most simplest fact, if you take in too many calories – you're going to gain weight. If you don't use those calories you take in, simple science says it, you, you gotta, it's got to go somewhere. And so, you know, we, we know all this stuff, yet we fail to apply all these things. And so the Lord really made it simple. And one of the things that I first adopted when doing a plant-based, let's just go fast forward to that, was that I had to make food mundane. I had to make it monotonous. I had to choose one thing. I had to choose one thing and make it less so uninteresting. Now, I wouldn't be attracted to it because that's what works for me. I'm overwhelmed with choice. I'm overwhelmed with deliciousness. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with taste. And so that really helped me just to choose one. And I think that is the sage advice when you're making any kind of change, just, just pick one thing, start there, and go from there, you know. Mm -hmm. And instead of thinking you got to go back and fix everything you think is wrong, it's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff will sort out along the way. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm kind of mixing up all the chapters right now, but it really started from that third day, that three-day fast. And when the Lord became Lord of my life and my diet, mm -hmm. it became much easier because I knew that I could rely on him when I was tempted. I knew there'd be ways out. I didn't know how, mm -hmm. but I knew that he was going to be there to help me because this was what he wanted for me too. And so even when you're in your weakest, you know, I talk about second Corinthians 12, nine, you know, the, his grace is sufficient and we think I'm the weakest link I'm the weakest this I can't I can't stand up against temptation well stop asking to be tempted you know those kinds of things that you understand over time like Eve don't stand so close to the tree you so, know <laughs> I want to go back to that because I think that's wisdom that you we don't want to just skip over that right so he's like well I don't know if I can withstand temptation temptation but don't ask to be tempted Right. So don't place yourself in those positions of temptation. So right. set yourself up to win. Yeah. You talk about, you know, keeping the food out of the home. Right. <laughs> those that you might be tempted by. I think that's brilliant. People don't, they think, oh, I'm going to be able to handle anything. So if I'm an alcoholic, I'm going to go 
to a bar with my buddies. Right. Don't put yourself in those positions because then it's, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, we ask for trouble, you know, in, in our blindness or ignorance, you know, uh, another person asked me once, how do you manage going out to eat? Because I've studied those places. I know what their menu is. I know what I can eat. I check that out first because that's a problem. They don't understand. I don't have, there's no sugar. I've learned to ask the right questions. Is there sugar in that? Well, there's this. I said, well, that's really sugar. Oh, well, I said, I'm sugar free. Uh, You know, those kinds of things. The other thing is to my own refrigerator, I've made a plan. I don't just leave it to chance to know that, oh, there's a healthy snack in there. How did that healthy snack get in there? I have to put it there. And so if it's important to me, I have to take care of my own food needs. And so my family, bless their hearts, has learned to tolerate, well, can mom eat there? You know, is this good for mom? You know, and they they now learn. But we don't grow up knowing that. We just think, oh, well, of course they're going to know that, you know. And no, they don't because they're, because, because, (laughs) because a lot of Yeah, the food choices are not like they were. Uh, 200 years ago. Right. So where we didn't, we didn't have to know the science back then because that we had limited food options, which was the food that we could grow or obtain through normal means. But now we have all these processed foods, high, you know, foods that have been, I like to say, you know, a little bit of Frankenstein food. (laughs) And so they hijack your, your taste buds. And then, then you feel like, they're they're very quickly say you know they give you a sense of relief and yeah. calmness and so yeah. they're addicted right it's not like the addiction of marijuana or not, I shouldn't speak marijuana, cocaine or alcohol but yeah. it's it is a it's an addiction and then you crave it because it's can you can control yes. it it's accepted right yes. you can eat mm-hmm. anywhere you can eat your Doritos anywhere you don't you may not be able to drink your alcohol anywhere but you can eat your Doritos anywhere or your Oreo cookies or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important, but I want to go back to your book and the premise of the book. So yeah. you use the analogy of the closet yes. and um, hiding things in the closet. And I think that's really wise because people can understand we hide all sorts of addictions, right? So someone may not just have just a food addiction, but uh, you know, they, they spend too much or they have the alcohol addiction or mm-hmm. uh, pornography, but your book in the essence of the way it's written and you have these prayers and just how you bring the addiction into the forefront and explain how God's grace and love can actually heal you from within your soul, like soul healing is really powerful because you can easily just translate whatever is bothering you or your addiction, what you're struggling with, you know, are you, are you watching too much on social media? Are you, you know, not spending time with your family because you're too busy? Um, I don't know, watching pornography. I don't know. There's so many things that nowadays, um, but that is where this book is really powerful. And there was, hold on one second. I earmarked this one. There's a few things I wanted to, you to, to mention to you. So you wrote here, each person that has ever walked on this planet is created with a void. Okay. It's the innate desire 
placed in us by God to have our love tanks filled. Yes. So that love tank, right? And it is so very true. We seek approval. We seek love and attention since the, the moment that we are birthed. But, you know, people fill it with food. They fill that with quick things. And I, I want you to expand on that a little bit. How did you come to that realization? Was it after that fasting and then you just, it was this, was this a slow progression? You're like, or was it like an aha, like, oh, now I understand. Well, it was probably both simultaneously or congruently. I don't know. It just kind of happened in that I looked to food for comfort for my emotions. And if we were honest with ourselves, it's truly the thing that, that we do as humans. We need a coping mechanism. We need, life is hard. You know, it, it's like raising kids is, is it's, just, it's just hard. Mm-hmm. Having a husband with cancer, that's hard. Dealing with death is hard. This, this world is full of trouble and we just cope with it with the quickest method. And I think the easiest for me was food. It was mm. like snacks. It was, you know, alcohol at one time. It was sugar. It was this, it was that, you know, and there was always that void because I never was truly inherently connected to my heavenly father through the identity I was born with. And so that's where we feel our love. That's where we understand love. That's where we're anchored in our heart Mm -hmm. spiritually. And so uh, when I didn't receive that from my earthly father, I was always on a search to find it with anything, you know? And so it becomes this, this thing that you're looking for. And so when you don't find it, you just go from, well, quote unquote, lover to lover to lover to lover. You know, Mm -hmm. I can love this. Oh, I love that Pinterest. And I love this. I love that, you know? And so we put too much focus on things that we love Mm -hmm. and it's inappropriate. It's, it's, Uh, an outside substance the scale was a huge idol for me in that I looked to it for my approval see I Mm. I was having a good day if I lost if I didn't lose I was having a bad day and it just set my mind to be trained to look to it that well is the scale going to love me is it not is it going to help me have I done good you know those kinds of things and it just becomes a master so it's almost like you were seeking approval from the the idol of the scale, right? So you're yeah. like, and it kind of goes back to what you described about as that works mentality, right? So can't you can't do enough to right. be um, wanted and loved and approved by yes. our earthly means because every human will let you down. I don't care what human you are. You are not perfect and we will let each other down. We will hurt each other. We will say things we don't mean unbeknownst to us hurting someone very seriously, you know, and you talk about the Cheeto incident and your sister. And I mean, she was only nine, you were five. Yeah. Speaking about how you went and got the Cheetos and hoping to be accepted. And they took the Cheetos and rejected you. I mean, that's really powerful imagery from the, from the mind of a five-year-old. But nobody thinks about those things. What am I doing to this child by what, what I'm saying or what I'm doing? Because we're dealing with our own insecurities and our own yeah. situation. But I find it really interesting how you bring 
this that it's it's a this void right or this looking for acceptance but it, the final thing for you was surrendering yes right the control and i think yes. that's the key is when you surrender the control to allow god to control our lives looking to for him for guidance in faith and some people who don't believe it's it may be difficult to understand for me it's it's diving into the the bible and the text right because that's the wisdom that's written that I can speak to in prayer. So with that, you know, allowing God and taking my, my own decisions and desires out of it, that is really key. And I think it's really powerful what you said though, like the scale was either going to say, you're going to be of a good day or a bad day. Yeah. It's like you were looking to a teacher to say, Oh, you've been bad today. You get an F ruin your day. You allowed it to destroy your, your self worth or it's, or it was good, but it was not a, a standing feeling good. Right. It was, right. it was an artificial feeling of exactly. acceptance. Uh-huh. Wow. That's really, yeah. that's, and that's and crazy. Over time, you, you realize these things that have over, they have power over you mm-hmm. and there's something incredibly liberating when you mm-hmm. can tell food where to go. When you can make a powerful choice, when you can make a positive choice and say, I'm choosing to eat that chocolate chip cookie, or I'm choosing not to eat that chocolate chip cookie, because for me, it's a dangerous trap. For my husband, it's not. Now, that's difficult to live with and within. And so you have to understand what, you, tr- you just truly, it's hard to describe, but it is just truly the grace to continue on, you know, and I, 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 I tell people all the time, I've worked too hard to, to lose it all now, and I'm, I'm losing that fear of having to always be on my toes, mm. because good, healthy, natural choices are taking over. And so that grace to know we're going to go eat at so-and-so tonight, I can already prepare my mind to what I know is good for me. Therefore, I'm strong enough to stand up to that. Oh, okay. I'm just going to have a side salad. I'm just going to eat it dry. I didn't, I wasn't prepared to bring my dressing, those kinds of things. So it empowers you to make those choices in a very confident way. And, you know, people are amazed at what I've done. Oh, I could never do that. That's so hard. I said, yeah, this is hard work. Mm-hmm. This is hard work, but grace day to day helps me. And that's uh, one of the, of the several people have commented about the book is that I said, well, I'm just sharing hope and how hope worked in my life because I gave up on myself so many times and I just thought I was unchangeable and I think we often find commonality in that brokenness with the Christian world calls it broken yes we're always broken yes yes we are a broken people but grace is available to help us live our best life within you know yes we'll be perfected when we get to heaven but we can have a better quality of life if we make better educated wise choices today mm-hmm. and no it doesn't come overnight yes it's very hard work but what are we doing if we're not improving our quality of life mm-hmm. and if I, I said it one time it's like you're the only one that can take care of you. Right. Absolutely. You 
And we have to think better of ourselves to take care of ourselves. I, I like to use the example of the flying on an airplane and the, the flight attendant will come on and she'll give you this demonstration. You've got the card in front of you and you ignore it because you've heard it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Now, when the oxygen mask drops down, put it on yourself and then before you help another, make sure it's secure. And I never did get that for the longest, the longest time. So many years I never got that. I said, well, of course I'd help the person next to me first. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. If I'm not the best me, I can't be the best me for them or for another or for my husband or for even me. You mm-hmm. know, and so that's where grace comes in. Grace mm-hmm. just gives you a hand up instead yeah. of a hand down. Exactly. You're exactly right. But you also mentioned in your book um, also how you, you speak about transformation. It says, taking ownership of my own issues was the beginning of my transformation. So yes. it's not just like, oh, I'm going to hand it over to God and I'm not responsible. This is like, I'm responsible for these decisions I've made, but now I'm going to let God take over and right. lead me in the right direction. So yes, there's still consequences to those many years of abuse with food, right? There's the weight that has to be lost. There's, if you, you know, gather a lot of debt from poor financial choices, you may have directed yourself. You understand, you know, eating food or spending money gives you this temporary relief and elation, but then there's those consequences, right? You're borrowing from your future, but now you allow God to lead you out of that. Yeah, it's hard work. You still have to deal with those consequences, but there is healing and there's a light at the end of that tunnel, right? There, there definitely is. And, yep. you know, we often say, well, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I found that I tried only as much as I wanted to. Mm, and powerful. so, yeah, I, you have to take inventory and say, okay, I, this is not doing me any good. Why do I keep asking? Why do I keep eating this way? Why do I keep thinking this way? And, Really, you know, the book, I, I wrote it for to hope to give to another, but I have to tell you, Dr. Lori, it healed me. It healed me more than I knew because I wrote a book I needed. You know, mm. I often go back to that and I think, wow, that, that's, that's really good. You know, and I think, what, how come I lost sight of that? You know, you know, and I think it's just one of those building things, those building blocks that grace does that. And it helps you up and it empowers you to make good, healthy choices. But now it's like, eat what you want. It's not going to bother me. And it used to. Mm-hmm. It used to bother me. Uh, chapter 7, um, I'm thinking differently about uh, the way I'm thinking about me. I just turned to chapter seven. No kidding. I have this quote, and I think this is where you're heading. Is this when you were speaking to that individual that you met? And she said, yes. oh, I was just about to mention, this is perfect. See, this, is, this is how I feel that God leads me in, in conversations uh-huh. um, with individuals, especially other believers, to share the powerful words that we speak. But let me, let me talk here. She went on to, this is you were speaking to someone at a um, concert, and you were talking about, each other. And she said, she went on to say that when you speak negatively to yourself, you disregard the love that God put inside of you and cast off that love. 
for you to think about yourself as unworthy or insignificant is defaming the love he said was good. It's the love he put in you at creation. It's the love he'd had from the very beginning. So that is so powerful, right? To think about the words that we speak to ourselves. We, we speak to ourselves in ways we'd never speak to another human. Right. Um, That's so true. And there is so much damage from that, you know, and I, I think I put it in there too, that we speak to each other like no one's listening, or I mean, we speak to ourselves like as if no one's listening. Right. But if God is always with us and present and inside of us, he listens to everything and he knows our thoughts yes, and before their words. Yeah. And what she told me, I, I wish I would have acted on sooner, you know, but I didn't. I, you know, and I go back to that again, like it was an hour ago. And that is a powerful key to speak life to yourself, speak truth to yourself and be accountable to what the Lord's uh, truth says. I mean, we've all made mistakes. We've all fall short of the glory. We all need grace and he is love. It's not just something he gives, it's who he is. And so when we when we reject that thought like, oh well, I'm never of value, I'm not, I'm not significant, you know, all those things matter. Mm-hmm. And how can we be awesome if we are denying his awesomeness? And so all that to say it's a progressive work. And when you when you sh- shush the enemy's voice you become more in tune with his voice. And so you talk about how the Holy Spirit leads you in conversations is exactly right. When we're in tune with his voice and his love and his identity and what we're, our assignments, everything becomes more clear. When you know who you are, you know how to live. And why wouldn't I want my best life because he's planned it long ago we were predestined for this life i want all of that i can get and uh, yeah and another powerful line is he's not curious, concerned about our happiness but our wholeness mm-hmm. you know and we have to be healed from the inside out we're so addicted to covering up our lives with mm-hmm. with this with this process or that that project or this or that and you know and we just are we're taught we're trained to be addicted to something right and i think we have to be really careful to we become addicted to the negative self-talk which is that we it's our comfortable place right we're comfortable with being victims because that's what we know so to understand right the victim the victim mentality so people go well i'm not worthy so let's let's look back to this Look at the world around you. People appreciate nature, a beautiful sunset, a walk in the park, yes. you know, the nature, the trees, waterfalls, whatever you find beautiful, animals, whatever. They were created in nature, God's creation. You are God's creation. You are just as beautiful. Now, does it mean that our we're not binged up and dinged up a little bit just from being bounced around in a rough life? No but we can heal, right? We can heal mentally, spiritually, and physically. Um, So I think it's just to remind us that we're part of that creation. It's not, we're not outsiders looking in, we're part of it. So that's- Exactly, that is is spot on. Yes, we we were made in his image. Mm -hmm. I like to refer to as we, I think, I can't remember who said it was a pastor. I think 
we literally have God's thumbprint in our DNA. Yes, I love that too. And, mm-hmm. and you know, how often we forget that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eve was looking for something that she didn't know she had. She was the most like God before the fall than ever. You know, the very thing that she was seeking, she already had. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I just think how we so miss that and I miss that through the closet of weight loss because some of the negative thoughts I had were if I were skinnier people would like me more you know Mm -hmm. if I were thinner I would be a better wife and mother if I were lighter I would feel better about me Mm -hmm. you know if I were a skinny girl God would love me you know we connect those things our identity to so many false ideas and you know, if I were thinner, my life, all my problems would go away. You know, life would be easy. You know, our walk with God would be closer. You know, all these wonderful benefits, yet we fail to take ownership of those things, you know, those mistakes. And yes, grace covers a multitude of sins. You need to know that going into it, but that doesn't give you license to sin. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and once you know the truth, the truth sets you free. And that's what's been the best thing about all this is the liberations, the freedom right. that comes with overcoming that all that resentment, all that that guilt, that that shame and blame. And I like to say it like this: the Lord doesn't call you out by your shame, but by He calls you out by your name. And so if we're part of the beloved and we believe that His word is true. The Bible is the absolute truth. We can count on that. Then we have to believe that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. Works are wonderful. That's Psalm 139, verse 14. These things that he created, the workmanship of his hands, the, the people, the body that holds his image, it's a reflection of heaven. And so we should act, we should tell our, convince our minds, saying, wait a minute. We're people of God. We're part of the church. We're part of the beloved. If people can't see Jesus in us, then what are we reflecting? Right. And, yeah. And I think, and think that's what we need to understand, right? So yeah. we need to do a better job of walking in the path that he's set before us, right? right. And accepting it because that's when you actually see when you were, when you're in surrounded by true believers and they're so loving and so yes. caring for each other, right? A church that builds up upon love and is willing to step out in faith and say, Hey, we feel like you're struggling. Let us bring you into this and let us help us guide you or supporting you through a very tragic time when others may leave and walk away. That is where we actually shine, right? And we build those strong bonds and relationships that what will draw people in because that really is the key. So I know just from my own life, you know, I grew up in a sort of Christian home. You know, I was exposed with, with mostly with my grandmother, um, but my home was not a, a, a happy one. Um, and I won't go into details, but it, it took a lot. There was a lot of anger and hurt for many years and really self-deprecation and just hate, self-hate, because why would my real dad leave? Why would you know, these things happen. Why would, you know, certain things be allowed to happen? Um, yeah. And 
thinking like you were unworthy. I didn't turn to food, but I turned to negative self-talk and got really dark. It was really dark places. And so when you find that there is someone who's willing to be, like you said, your father, your, your heavenly father who loves you yeah. on just bountiful love and everything that you do, that's willing to take you aside and lead you when you make the mistakes, but not like, Oh, you, you whip you like you are bad or judge you, but no, like, it's like a father, right? Lovingly guiding you to a better place. This is better for you. Is it uncomfortable, that transformation? Yes. Do you yes. learn from it? Yes. So you don't do that again. So that is the key, I think, is just sharing. You know, some people may be turned off by that this is a, a faith-based discussion, but it's so imperative yes. that you understand that for, for those of us who do have a faith, that understand is absolutely integral. For example, when my brother was killed at the age of 22, I mean, I was really, really messed up and just really depressed about that. And so when I see, you know, his faith and how he lived in such a young life and then took that and um, the healing process, right? The forgiving part when, you know, someone, um, he was changing his tire on the side of a road and was struck by a person who fell asleep at the wheel. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of anger when you're like, how could you, you know, yeah. drive when you're tired, you know, or why were you on the side of the road at that time? And why God did you take him away from me? And you know, all of these things. Yeah. And so um, when you think of it, you can become very anger and bitter, or you can say, let God heal you and forgive. You know, I think forgiveness is tough. Some people go, well, to forgive, you need to have reconciled relationships. Not necessarily. Sometimes forgiveness is stepping aside and saying, yeah. I'll pray for you, but it's unhealthy at this point for me to have a relationship with you because you are harmful. And that's, I think, allowing yourself to be healing in that, in that space too. It's a really, life is messy. You might as well let the one who created the universe in this amazing thing that we call earth yes. lead you in the right direction and um, that, you know, personal relationship with Christ. But I hope that gives hope to people because they're, I don't know how to explain it. If you just start reading Bible and speak to someone who has had like a transformation like you have mm -hmm. and understanding it's, it's, it's a, it's a sense of peace. Is that how you would describe it? I don't know how else to describe it. The love. Yeah, it's a, it, love could be your defender and uh, help you live uh, with no offense. You know, um, I like to say that Jesus was the most controversial man that walked the earth. I mean, facts, historical facts record him walking the earth. Yet he was the most controversial teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, and he was the most unoffendable man I know. I mean, he was a human being, but he was totally surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And he set aside his divinity, and the cross proves his love. And all these things that we, we did, well, it was Jesus, of course. You know, you wouldn't expect any less. Right. But yet his Holy Spirit has come to help us live that same kind of powerful life. And I think we give way to too many outside things that just kind of like put us in a place of complacency and comfortability that we tend to think, well, 
God's forgotten about us and forsaken us and da da da. And then we convince ourselves that God we're insignificant and all this stuff. And no, everything matters. Whatever the little things, the big things, and all that stuff, but it's all relatable. And I've found a lot of commonality in being comfortable. And I'm thinking, hey, this this feels awkward. I don't like this. You know, and so but and that's where grace is. Because he calls us out to be the light to the world. He calls us out by truth to set us free. And his Holy Spirit does the work through us, you know. And so we often want to gain attention with all of our accolades and man-made accomplishments, yet surviving day-to-day is overlooked, you know. And so there's just so much in the, just so much, so much in the book. And um, I could talk about it over and over and over But the fact remains that we tend to look at weight loss as just a separate part of our lives that God doesn't really care about, that Mm. we were just set upon this earth to manage. Right. And we're we're just supposed to, we're just supposed to know, we're supposed to know how to take care of ourselves. And I'm thinking, it, it was a long time before I realized, oh, he cares about that part too. And really that was probably how I come to understand he was there to help me in the weight loss because I had tried so many times on my own, on my own strength to do what I was taught by my mom. She was, she was a weight watcher. And so she was like up and down, up and down, up and down. And my dad was always the same weight as high school. You know, he had no empathy for that, and there was one thing in the book I mentioned that he offered to pay me a dollar for every pound that I lost. I'm sure that he was highly motivated to help me, and that was all he knew to do to offer, you know, some motivation. Maybe money will do it, you know. But yet what that spoke to me was that I had to earn God's grace, God's love. And so, you know, for me, I say it has had the opposite effect. So when I found freedom, it was the opposite way that I thought. It was from the inside out and not the outside in. And I think the world teaches us to, to medicate, to cope, and to doctor ourselves and know no personal reference to you, but I mean, we, we tend to manipulate the circumstances to make them fit our lifestyle when it's, that's not what living is about. Well, it goes back to that void, right? That we're seeking to fill. Um, We seek it with medications, food, addiction. The thing that I'm trying to convey to those that don't necessarily understand a Christian faith is that it sets you free. It sets okay. you free, yes. It sets you free. God created us. He created uh-huh. this goodness. He created us in his image to have a purpose. And have you ever read the book Man's um, Search for Meaning by um, Viktor Frankl? No, I have not. You really should read it. It's a, it's a book about a gentleman who survived um, Auschwitz in World War II and how even in the most devastating of circumstances, there were people who survived that shouldn't have survived because they found purpose in the future. So they were thinking of a time, for example, he was a psychiatrist and he was thinking of a time that 
we'd be teaching about this experience to others and understanding, you know, the mentality of a, a prisoner of war, someone in a concentration camp, or he projected his wife's image when he was suffering and, you know, digging trenches 12, 14 hours a day barefoot in, in the snow with swelling and just, you know, devastating hunger and pain and discomfort wow. and seeing how these individuals survived and seeing actual faith thrive. So that was really interesting because that love sets you free to be yourself, right? We have a purpose. We're set here on earth for a purpose. So your purpose to write the book, your purpose yes. was to, to reach women who are struggling. And so that is the key here is to understand that because he loves us, he takes on those burdens. Yes. He helps us with his wisdom through the Bible, sets us free to be who we are. So then you don't need the television. You don't need the addiction of the drinking. You don't need the medication to, you know, granted, I'm not saying that there are not places for medication. I'm a physician. I get that. But you won't need necessarily medication to dull the pain of anxiety or depression because, again, there may be places that it's needed, but many people, many patients, they become overwhelmed with just the normal stresses of life because yes. they are suffering deep inside. They're, they're, they're needing that void. They don't know how to fill it. They panic. They get depressed. It causes relationship rifts. So this is the one thing cool about the diet, right? The plant-based diet. Uh-huh. You heal your physical self, you feel better, you sleep better, your mood changes. And there's many things that go on with that. But what happens is that sets you free physically more yeah. so. Hence, other ripple effects, right? So you yes. begin to exercise, you have better relationships with those you love. You have more energy to devote to those those projects that you really want to, instead of going to a doctor and getting medications filled and being fatigued and worrying about, you know, I'm having high blood pressure, my blood sugar's out of the room. I'm now in dialysis because of diabetes out of control. These are the things that God meant for us. It was to be healed, live a healthy life to a lifespan where projected, you know, however many hundred years or whatever, die quickly. <laughs> that was meant to be the normal lifespan, just like in nature, right? You see animals, they live their lifespan, boom, and then they get very quickly die and right. they, they've lived a full life they didn't leave a sort of life with you know crippled by um <laughs> diabetes and heart disease and oh, cancers yeah. and all this stuff so yeah that's how i see it. it's a setting free it's a freedom that you can't obtain any other way and that freedom brings peace yeah. and, amen and the peace is palpable you see it in people right you yeah. you see it because they're they love just being alive even when they may be suffering from cancer or devastating trauma, but they have that peace because they know God's love is within them. And at the end of this life, there's a better, something better. And so. Yes. You, you said it perfectly and beautifully. Um, That is the essence of why we, we are here and why we're set upon this earth is to, to understand who we are, who, where, who our father is, and to follow him. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we tend to think of God as just being a crisis manager, but guess mm-hmm. what? He loves to father us too. And I, I have spent so many nights praying, thank, thank you, God, for fathering me. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for fathering me. Gratitude. I mean, I'm in like one of the biggest transitions of my life. And I'm just like, this morning, just this morning, I stepped out. Things are still in boxes, 
things are still undone outside. I'm living in a jungle, but yet I had this peace in knowing I was living the life that God had predestined for me, you know, and the plan, plan for me and not for trouble out of his loving kindness. He says, I've got this better life for you. I can't wait till you get here, you know, and so it is that peace that is, it, it is a tangible thing that you can take mm -hmm. in every day and have with you, have it help you, and then you get to navigate that next storm. You know, I, we're all going through a storm about to get into one or coming out of one. And so if you feel like you, nothing is happening right now, get ready, because what you're learning today will be used to help another. And I love that you found so much commonality in the book, because that's what I'm finding. There's just so much of a community in these things that people don't want to talk about. And I'm just like, well, I, I said it like this on my days of radio. My life's an open book. You know, right. you know all of my junk. And, right. and they still came back and listened the next day, which was funny to me because I thought I threw enough out there and scare the, the hairiest beast. But, you know, it is finding that, hey, we're all in this together and let's help each other. Let's right. help each other out. Let's not put each other down or judge right. or or think less of another because they're struggling within some kind of addiction. Let's give them a hand up to hope and, right. and give them a chance because we're all forgiven people. Right. Absolutely. And that doesn't, whatever is going on, yeah. we have to love one another. Right. Yes, there are difficult people. Um, yeah. I would say the only time you need to be careful is when there's danger, physical right. or emotional you know, sexual type of danger. That's yeah. where we remove ourselves. And yeah. then it's okay to forgive yourself in the sense, because you almost feel like guilty to walk away from that situation. Right. And, yeah. and, and sometimes in some important. circles, that could be your family. Yeah. That could be your friends. That could be people that you feel very um, open with, you know. And so there comes a point where you have to choose you and say, you know, I love you, but I cannot be your friend right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, that's very important because we can't subject ourselves to those negative th people or habits or, or whatever, because we think we can change them. No, no. I'm, and there's some evidence to that, right? Because when you look at your social circles, so, social circles, there we go. Yeah. What they're saying is that even your, let's say your best friends, two friends removed, have an impact on your weight, right? Because you're, you're going you're gonna to start taking on the characteristics of those that you surround yourself with. But that also goes with social media. It goes with television, the movies, the music that you listen to. What type of words are you freeing into your mind, into your soul? Because you, you absorb it. Your mind is going to focus on what you are feeding it. So yes. that's why it's so imperative that we feed ourselves with good people around us, family, friends, church family. What are you listening to on the radio? What music are you listening? I don't even own a television because yeah. the last two years, because I found that it was, um, it's a time suck and it's a, a soul sucking adventure. And then there's actually an interesting study. They found that people who watch television have the same brainwaves as those who are depressed. Wow. So um, 
you know, my husband misses sports, but I'm like, well, there's a downstairs. There's a, probably a, a restaurant that <laughs> has a sports on. I just don't want it in the home. And yeah. I'm, um, you know, minimalized. We got rid of a bunch of stuff. So it's been so nice to just release the burden. Right. Now it's not sitting there. It's like, right. It's so easy to just tempt to turn on the television and just numb out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, empty box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so that true. is, but your book, I just really want to reiterate to everyone, you guys, grace for your waist. I wish I would have had this book because it's more than just the diet. It's more than healing from food addiction. It's, it would be healing in many, many realms. And I think it's a walk that's important. Even if you don't necessarily have the faith, Mm -hmm. give it an opportunity to read it and read the wisdom because none of us would disagree. There's wisdom in, in the, in the Bible, right? There's golden rules to live by that regardless. And I would say just even open your mind to the possibilities that there's another way. And, um, you may find healing in unexpected places. Absolutely. I think yeah. I can encourage anyone to take another look at grace because yeah. um, it is just that way. It'll work in a way that you yeah, you least expect. Mm-hmm. And it, there's just so much in there that I'm still realizing, you know, it just gives you confidence and, and makes you think clearly. I mean, not grace in itself, but the choices, a cumulative thing. And it, it, it removes a lot of negatives that you, you aren't even aware of, I think. You know, right. uh, I won't forget giving up Diet Coke and feeling how I thought, wait a minute. It, it had zero calories. It was like a good choice if you were going to try to get rid of pop itself. But it still had a lot of sodium and all these things that I was blind to. And then I, I do remember one day driving to work thinking, oh, I don't get a Diet Coke today. But then I thought, I thought so much clearly about something else that I'd been wrestling with. You know, it was an emotional thing for me, you know, and that's what it is, an emotional thing for me. And so people think, oh, you're a girl, that's what works for you. no. My husband is like, he's like on his third read of the book, you know, so you don't have to read it that many times, you know, dear, but, but still he says, no, it's just that powerful in that you can't get it all. And so you go back and you read it again and thinking, yeah, okay. And so it is just that thing that you get to live out. Grace is something that God gives you to help you out and live out. And he helps you along the way. And yes, he knows these are hard changes. And yes, there's a lot of forgiveness, including yourself. Mm. And there's a lot of love yet still to be realized. But, you know, don't, don't go back to who you were. Because God is always in the new. He's always in the new. And as, a, and as a parent, right? And in, in a loving relationship. Yes. You know, you mentioned you can't give away what you don't have. Right. So if you don't have love for yourself, how can you love another? Right. I say, is that true love? Right. Um, I almost think of it as if you true love is agape love, right. Uh, in all times, undeserving, providing love, whether you deserve it or not, even when they're hateful little kids yes. <laughs> or older, minor grown up now, but that, or to your spouse, right. That agape love. But if you don't love yourself and see yourself as you know, the divine creature that God created, 
how can you love another, right? Like you can't partake with what you don't know. Right. So I think that's brilliant when you mention that because that's really important to share that I want to love my children. Gosh, I better start learning to love myself. And the best example of that is God's love for us. So Yes, yes. and it took me a long time, a yeah. long time to realize that. But you explain it very well here. So it's very easy that that, cons- that whole idea or paradigm of loving oneself like that it makes it's one thing like people oh love yourself you know those positive affirmations it's a different it's deeper and it's like if anything uses an excuse if you love your children you want to be part of your children and 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 share with them and be a model for them of how they should love themselves because you want the best for your kids Mm -hmm. learn about this right so start learning how to love yourself in that deeper level by allowing God to show you his love for you. Yeah. And I think that's where you start seeing the healing and many, many things. And, and truly love heals all wounds. And yeah, absolutely. We, we say that and we think, well, it can't heal me. Yes. Yes, it can. And uh, class, a, a good example of this is I was running down a County road at the time. And I just said, God, how could you love me? I'm so weak in this. And, and da da da, and this was uh, before another step in the level of love, and and I just heard the Lord's voice and said, "I loved you at two forty four. I saw nothing in you that wasn't lovable, and I'll never forget how that idea mm-hmm. made me feel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, I I got down." in the middle of the county road on my knees. That was a humbling truth that I had to accept. And I thought, because I never uh, uh, had the perspective of being lovable mm-hmm. until I felt that heavenly approval. And at that point, it it became easier to accept that grace to think, well, they loved me when I was my worst. When I couldn't even know how to love myself. And I think that's where we get stuck. Mm-hmm. We get stuck in that, like, well, I'm unlovable, therefore I don't love anybody. And da, 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 da. You know, mm-hmm. we just give up on ourselves so easily. But uh, all that to say, we, we, we resist the love. We resist that grace. We resist it because we, of our unworthiness. And we're not. Well, that, and I think there's pride involved, right? So pride in the pride. sense that. You know, some people think, well, I can't have pride if I think poorly of myself. Well, actually not, because yeah. you feel like you should do this on your own, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very, I like the word when you're saying humble, right? It's, it's humility. Yeah. To be a Christian is a humbling thing because you're saying, holy moly, I don't, I'm not in control. Mm. You know, so I thought I could do this all on my own. And um, uh, no, not no. quite. And so... Um, that is, it's, it's a true belief. You can see in someone is that they're very humble, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, we all have our moments, but you know, you just really want to share the humility of I'm a broken human. I am messy and stinky and ugly yeah. inside. And I just, you know, the one who can wash that clean, sew me back together, heal me is Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So much truth, yes. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much, Janelle, for such a wonderful book and a wonderful, loving conversation. Gosh, you have so much wisdom. I think there's so much that people can glean from you. And to reach you, it's thejanellekeith.com. Everyone, the link will be on the the show notes. And um, such a blessing to meet you and share your story. And I, I hope everybody gets this book and shares that um, healing process with you. Yes. I, uh, here it's, it is. Great. Really, and I, I love the cover. Uh, yeah, the cover is very girly. Let me just say, but I love it. The cutest. I mean, <laughs> and that was, that was truly inspired by the Holy spirit. And that connection is for another podcast, but yeah. um, it's just truly a representative of how the Lord sees us. He sees us with the eyes of love, and uh, we are always transparent before him. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love the, the, the verses where he sees the heart, right. you know. And uh, there's been so many years where I haven't felt good things in my heart. And to know now that I'm forgiven and, and, and to not just say that, Right. To know it and live right. in that forgiveness, because you have to live forgiveness. You have to live right. in freedom, and right. and you persevere, and you endure, and you do all these hard things and awful things, and people don't treat you right, and all that to say, we still are loved. We're mm-hmm. still loved in our weakest times. Yeah. And so, uh, accepting that is, and knowing that's one thing. Accepting it is truly the best way to live. Absolutely. And, no, there's there's yeah. so much more we could unpack. Yes, there's so many books still yet to come out. So be on watch. <laughs> Wonderful. I can't wait to, to, to be a part of that. So yeah. um, just a wonderful, wonderful um, story, everyone, to share because Janelle gets very intimate in her life and her healing process. And I think yes. it's really important in your hurts. We're so. just beginning, Dr. Lori, just beginning. <laughs> Maybe someday I'll write a book about it. It'll be a while. But. I would love to read it. I'll be the first in line. <laughs> yes. Definitely know I can write a book about how to do a plant-based diet, but the other <laughs> stuff, that's tough. That's brave. It takes a lot of yeah. courage. So thank you again, Miss Janelle. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's an honor to talk to you about these things. So. You're welcome. You're yeah. welcome.